You want to redo that? I messed you up. You're so easy to distract. It's so funny. It's so funny. I have to like acknowledge it. I'm, I'm glad. Okay. Like we amuse you. When I look into the face of my enemy, I see my brother. I see my brother. When I see my brother. I see my brother. Hey, welcome to the Third Way Podcast, where we explore the political implications of a Jesus-centered theology. I'm your host, Christopher Whitmer, and on the Skate Land, the dude from Charlottesville, I've got Titus Kipfer. How are you doing, Titus? Doing well. Did you say the Skype Land? <laughs> or the Did Skype? I say that? It, it, the yeah, Skype Land. Uh, I, was trying to, I was trying not to say Loverland, Virginia. Yeah. Um, so used to listening to Jesse on the mm-hmm. relevant podcast. Also on the Skype line is my brother Asher Whitmer. Please don't disturb me. I'm looking at the beautiful mountain scenery out my window right now. Okay. Okay, well okay. you can go sit over there and me and Titus will talk. There you yeah. go. It's good to be here with you. So um yeah, we t- uh, today we're going to talk about abortion and what it looks like as Jesus followers, as Christians, to uh, to address the problem of abortion and and what it going to touch some on what it means to be pro life and um, and especially in the context of politics. And last week we had uh, we were we were challenged by Benji Mass um, in his and his passion to overturn the Second Amendment and to solve some uh, gun issues. Um, and he really advocated for the, the a, a small amount of involvement in politics. Um, it wasn't the most important, but he, he, he feels like it's necessary um, to, to, do, to be involved in some ways. And, and we're going to kind of again run into that issue here with abortion. Um, uh, you know, how to what level are we willing to get involved with politics? You may have noticed that Reagan is not on the Skype line. Uh, he was unfortunately not able to join us for this for this specific episode. The guys are making me laugh. Um, so we are doing it just a trio today. Um, but it's it's going to be a, probably a lot more relaxed, especially compared to the last two episodes where. Um, uh, Reagan talked about terrorism and Benji talked about guns. Um, none of us are, re- are really experts, um, but we kind of wanted to address address the issue, the problem of abortion, and kind of talk about it um, and how how that fits into our view of the, of the third way of uh, a Jesus centered theology of um, in, in 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 our approach to politics and whatnot. Again, if you have any questions, any concerns, any challenges, um, uh, feel free to email us at thirdwaypodcast at gmail.com. Next week, actually, this is something I keep forgetting to mention, but next week in episode seven, we're going to be doing a Q&R episode. It stands for question and response. We're we're specifically not going for a QA and a because... um, there may be a lot of questions that we don't necessarily have answers on, but we have 
thoughts and responses to it, maybe. Um, so if you have any questions, any challenges, anything that you would like to see us respond to, send those to our email address. Um, you can send them to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, but um, probably the best way to get your questions in is by emailing them to us. Anyways, how are you guys doing? Wow, that's beautiful. He's still looking out the window. He's still looking at it's, his it's good. I'm. I'm. We're. So this is the third episode we've done this morning or this afternoon <laughs> yes. now. So I'm feeling it. I'm feeling like yeah. it's going to be a good Saturday afternoon. It's going to be good. Going to stretch my we're, legs out. We're gonna, yeah. Do whatever. I just else. drank a, a less than ideal latte. Um, we ran out of coffee. So you know those little uh, K-cups? Oh, yes. So I, I burst them asunder and poured <laughs> the contents into my shot maker oh, and boy. made a latte that way, which oh, boy. turns out is, isn't a, isn't the best idea. Hey, um, well, you got to learn if, something. If you want to... Hey, Titus, do you ever make it up to Canada? <laughs> Very rarely. I do have relatives if, up there, but I mean, what's, in, ca- um, what's Canada? <laughs> no, no... I'm, <laughs> I, I have some Is that a state or is that? <laughs> That's a country to the north of us. Um, gotcha. Yeah, We're too focused on the south, yeah, southern yeah. part of our we, country. Right now. Canadians can be forgotten sometimes. Yeah. Um, they kind of like want to be American. It, no. <laughs> I do appreciate your <laughs> reminder that they Piper. exist though. Yeah. 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 I, just, I just wanted to throw that out there. That's all I wanted mm-hmm. to say. <laughs> Canadians oh. exist. <laughs> what were you, you going to say? They do exist. No, no, what I was going to say is this is completely off topic, but um, I have some acquaintances or friends, um, friends of friends, whatever, who um, have a roastery up there. It's called the Hub Roastery. And this is not mm-hmm. a, this, they should, they should really pay me for this endorsement. But they we make should. the best K-Cups. It's not an actual K-Cup, but they make the best like instant coffee oh. I've, I've ever had. No, 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 you got to try it. Hub Roastery. Hub Roastery, yeah. Legitimate K-Cups. Sioux Lookout, um, Ontario, Canada. Um, Because they, they, as I understand it, they roast it and grind it and and package it all in one, one, like, shop. shop. Well, I mean, you have to roast it in bulk, but then then you grind it and package it and they seal it. And so when you pop the seal, that's the first time those those grounds have been exposed to air and so it's really fresh um anyways that's some wow free advertising i don't know if i'll even keep that in the podcast but still still sounds a little fake to me k-cups and instant coffee dude these are friends you're criticizing it's better they're canadians (laughs) it's it's better than it's better than uh than whatever you're getting at walmart i thought they just drink beer up there i didn't know they drink coffee (laughs) Surprisingly. Oh uh, my. Anyways, Man, okay, let's let's coffee. Mine's yeah. cold. Um <laughs> So So abortion. What was your when you when you put this on the um on the list to address concerning the third way, like what was your thought behind it? I, I feel like abortion is a really political conversation in in America, um unfortunately. Yeah. And um and I I have concerns on both sides of the issue, politically speaking. You know, obviously I have concerns with how the left approaches it, how how 
how Democrats approach it, which feels like increasingly is that they just ignore it or don't care or, mm-hmm. or are, are completely in on the pro-choice, um, which I, I, I have some, some serious questions for any Christian who would support that. But then also I, I feel like anyone who approaches abortion from a from a Republican point of view, you know, I, I feel like Republicans have majorly abused that issue. And kind of like we talked about in the last episode, um, the, you know, all Trump had to do was promise to put in conservative pro-life judges and many evangelicals, many Christians just got behind and fell in line, um, especially mm-hmm. when it came down to only him or Hillary. Um, and, you know, there's all kinds of issues that we could talk about with that, um, just the whole misconception of a, of a lesser of two evils choice um, mm-hmm. when it comes to politics. But yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I feel like Republicans have abused the issue of abortion and have used it, um, in, in, and Christians in particular, in, in endorsing Republicanism as a whole, um, have lost their power and their influence over politics. In many ways, the way the way um, Benji was talking about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I kind of want to go over some some statistics here. Very very informal research that I've done, um, and so you know i i uh, I want to hold this. You know, if, if someone can provide countering, I don't think someone will have countering statistics specifically to what I'm going to talk about, but it, it, it was interesting. I, I was just looking here on just the Wikipedia page, abortion statistics in the United States, and they, um, the, the list here from 1970, which is when Roe v. Wade uh, happened, there were 193,000 abortions reported to the CDC. The next year, it jumped by 300,000. Um, to 485,000. Um, the induced abortions ratio per 100,000, per 1,000 live births, it went from 52 in 70 to, to 137 in 71. And then both of those statistics, the number of abortions and the abortions per 1,000 live births, both increased um, exponentially uh, very quickly until until the 80s and peaked actually the number of abortions reported to the CDC peaked in 1990 which was very fascinating to me that um, ever since 1990 there's been a steady decrease in abortions hmm. uh, in 1990 there were 1.4 million abortions more than just a little bit more than 1.4 million abortions that happened in that year and then um, it decreased in 2000. It was 857,000 till now. Well, the, the last statistics available, um, I, I'm, I'm sure I could, if I did further research, there, there's even more up to date. But the last statistics available are 2015, which are which is at 638,000. And every year consistently, it's been going down by 10, 10 to 20,000. Um, sometimes jumping even more than that. So I'm sure those numbers are even lower and probably has a lot to do with um, contraceptives, availability of contraceptives. And, you know, there's also a decrease actually in sexual activity Hmm. among 
among millennials and Gen Z, um, which is which is interesting hmm. um, and a whole yeah. other topic. But um, I'm curious if if you guys have any thoughts about about what those statistics mean and yeah, do you, do you guys have anything anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I'm not surprised by those statistics. I I didn't pull them up. Um, I didn't do the research to dig them up. But I remember a few years ago, I think it was back in 2014, when that whole thing with uh, the guy in, I think it was Lancaster City, was running this very uh, hodgepodge abortion clinic. Um, that kind of went viral and everybody was sharing it around. And I remember seeing articles around that time that would have indicated that abortion has been on a strong decline. Um, and I think, like, I don't know that we looked this up, but I think a lot, like, I think it would have been in the 90s, somewhere in there, where um, having ultrasounds when pregnant, like, I know the increase of ultrasounds and and then especially, like, more recently, the 3D ultrasounds where you're seeing the baby live in the stomach. Like, I know visualizations and stuff have played a lot into decreasing um, or just raising awareness and stuff. I think, like, as when I think of abortion now, um, you know, just the, uh, when was it in March or whatever, New York um, had that thing where they legalized abortion and stuff. And I think, I think there was a few different, I never could quite tell exactly what the, what the law was because a lot of people made it. Yeah. Like it, it got slanted to the political narratives of yeah. of what different Christians and stuff want it to be. And so it, like on one hand, it looks horrific and whatever. And it is horrific. But on the other hand, there were some misrepresentations of what the law actually was. And so then it's like, well, you know, I, I didn't know what all to believe or how to how to read it. And I think the thing um, that I think about when dealing with abortion is... And I think about this through experience of living in the city. And then um, also, like I've recently been following some different podcasts and and having even having discussions with people who, who would be from black communities and hearing what life, like the perspective of life from their perspective. And, um, and it, it kind of has reshaped how I view the issue of abortion because growing up you would be automatically anti-abortion right you're like you're killing babies and and i am um anti-abortion like i'm anti-killing babies but we're not doing enough to create laws about it christians have gotten so caught up in the pushing the 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 argument of Sorry, pushing the the political agenda and trying to get laws in place, and yet those same Christians, many of us, hardly know someone who who's actually a person at risk to get an abortion, like a single mom in the middle of a city where housing is, um, living expenses are high, and yet you're like she probably doesn't have a degree because she got pregnant when she was really young, um, maybe pregnant out of wedlock or rape or just you know lack of direction from parents or whatever but pregnant really young probably hasn't gone to to college and so therefore can't get a job that is is going to take care of her and her family and 
Uh, and so all these people think of it strictly from the point of life being about whether the baby makes it out of the womb or not, and not about like what's in place to care for that life once it made it out of the womb. And where, where, how are we going to care for that baby as it grows up? And, and what's, you know, the statistics of, you know, we've talked about gun violence in our last podcast and statistics show like the, the guys who go on rampages with guns or get involved in gangs are often from fatherless homes. And so these are the, like, if we're going to make it completely illegal, you're going to have abortion. You're going to have more children, more guys roaming the streets who are from fatherless homes. And so you're, you're setting people up in an environment. If all you do, I'm, hear me out. I'm talking about it. If all you do is address the, the, the law of whether or not you can have an abortion. Um, and so, so then like our whole, you know, from, from a third way perspective, we're all about life. And we just had this, this, um, conversation dealing with gun, gun violence. And we want to bring down gun violence. But then if we come on and we're all about life and we say, yeah, we got to make laws so nobody can have an abortion. Well, then you're actually complicating the whole gun violence issue. And I think we tend to think very, very narrowly when we look at these issues. And, and what I'm saying here is that there's a much larger conversation we've got to be willing to address. That's where I think the third way comes in, is actually solving this issue is going to be way harder than just making it illegal to have an abortion. Because the abortion provides a solution to a very real felt need. Just like, um, you know, there's a lot of other issues we could we could address. Just like have, allowing same-sex marriage provides a solution to a very real felt need. And so, what is the church going to do if we're if we're saying that's wrong, that's sin? What are we as Christ followers going to do to provide a solution to that felt need when we take their solution away? Yeah, you said. I just want to clarify something. You said um, Christians aren't doing enough to just create laws and i think you meant by just creating laws right just to clarify for our listeners yeah is that what i said yeah so like what you're you're not necessarily promoting that we need to do more laws necessarily just that addressing only the legal side of it is not enough well and i would i would i guess i would lean a little bit you know um benji in our last episode showed us the the potential value of having laws against guns. And so I would lean that, yeah, I think there's potential value of having laws against abortion. Sure. But okay. that in itself, if all if that's all we do, we could actually just complicate the whole healthy society, life, someone, someone living um, and thriving in life. We could complicate all that. If, if all of a sudden we would get our way and no abortions would be legal, um, we, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they, yeah. like people, people aren't having abortions because they just hate people. Right. They're having abortions because that seems like a way better solution than what the kids are going to be born into. And I get, um, I get this. 
by well first of all just living here in the city in la and observing the types of women that have had abortions or that have considered it um observing the, th- the things that they wrestle with and process the, the life that they have to deal with and then also um i know this is a conversation that is is often discussed on pass the mic podcast people who are from those communities from christian it's a christian podcast and just sorting through like how to like it's it, it like you said it's a very politicized discussion but we're not and it's framed as though if you're if you're a democrat then you don't care about life and if you're a republican then you care about life and we've been so far we've been addressing violence and war and how that's inconsistent but i would i would nudge that like i think blacks um I should have pulled this. I should have uh, re-listened to what uh, Jamar Tisby says about this. But blacks, I think, are the only one of the only demographics that has that have voted Democrat, like majority Democrat, for the last I don't know forty or fifty years. And one of the reasons is because Democrats, like the the issues that they're addressing, are real issues to these communities that are about to like that are at risk for getting abortions and Republicans don't address those issues. So it's not like blacks just hate people and they're killing their babies, but it's because Republicans aren't addressing the issues of, of how this child can have a healthy life after he's born. I mean, what, what it comes down to is that, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things that comes down to, I guess, but specifically that issue that you're talking about, is that if if we're if we're going to say abortion, you know, we need to outlaw abortion or abortion should be made harder or illegal, um, which I think I think we would all agree that abortion is is, is wrong. Like it's it's mm-hmm. not something we want in us in our society. But then we have to do the hard work of addressing the problems that create create the issue to begin with that would mm-hmm. that would lead mm-hmm. someone to want an abortion to begin with mm-hmm. um and you know number you know before you know it gets to that point but then also after you know the the in 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 the child in, in raising the child and supporting the child <clears throat> um and that's where i think like i know a lot of people are involved in i mean i know i personally know several people quite a few people involved in pregnancy centers and and things like of that nature um which is like that's a step in the right direction but again there's like that's still merely addressing kind of infancy and life around the womb and what about life like so we say we say you know, taking from a, a Republican standpoint, there's kind of this posture of like, abortion is wrong. We got to outlaw abortion. And then when you see like a, a a guy on the streets in his 18 or 20 years, you know, maybe he's begging, maybe he's just fooling around, and they would kind of kick them, and you know, they 
you got to go get a job, go take care of yourself and all that. And well, I mean, dude, that's the guy that you just, he's alive because you outlawed abortion, but he was born into a family that like he had no training and no, like, are, are you going to go help him learn all those things? Are you going to go help him um, experience what you have experienced? Um, yeah. And, and like you're not you're not saying that he doesn't. And we're not saying that he doesn't deserve to live. We're saying oh no, that no, no, to be consistent to, and and to actually follow Christ yeah. and to be pro life, we have to be there for I, when that baby is born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm to, saying, like, I'm kind of calling foul on yeah. everyone who's supposedly yeah. pro life because I I think yeah. there's way more work we got to do in actually being pro life. Oh. Yeah. Titus, do you have any thoughts to add? You seem like oh, you're thinking. What, what were we talking about again? <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Those are really good thoughts. I, I do think that there is a, a growing movement of people who are saying that pro-life people need to do more to help those who are affected. So I, I, I think that there are some encouraging trends in in that area, and kind of coming back to how we started this off with the abortion rate going down, I, I think, you know, that's very encouraging. I, I would wonder how those stats would track with the economy. I, I would yeah. assume that they're mm-hmm. somewhat related. Mm-hmm. But one thing that does concern me is even though the abortion rate is going down, we do see the Democratic Party taking a more and more uh, leftist view on abortion, uh, more and more extreme pro-choice positions. So even though the rate is going down, it, it does seem like the political left and even many parts of the culture are, you know, promoting abortion up to the point of birth and that sort of thing. And, and our governor here in Virginia had some really crazy comments about even after birth, you know, in, in certain situations, killing the infant. So oh, wow. we, we, we do see we do see some encouraging trends, but we also do see some problems. And um, kind of to, to, to turn the conversation in a different direction, I, I think it's important as Christians to, you know, like you're saying, Asher, to, to help those affected by poverty or affected by these situations in which they would need an abortion, but also at the same time, to be addressing pro-choice arguments with clear logic and, and to t- really try to win this cultural battle. Now, often we, we, we don't really promote fighting the culture wars, and, and I agree when it comes to fighting the culture wars with political power or with, with coercion. However, I, I do think we need to enter the conversation with, with good logic and with you know, promoting a, a pro-life position as much as possible because mm-hmm. we, we see some good, some encouraging trends in, in other areas in our culture like uh, racial justice and, and those sorts of things where a lot of, of our generation is stepping up to the plate and saying, look, we got to, we, we need to take a stand for social justice. And what I, what I would love to see is to see abortion and a pro-life position become 
a social justice issue where we see young millennials out there championing the rights of the unborn with the same level of of passion as they champion the rights of of African Americans who suffer from discrimination by the police. And I I think there, I think this is possible. And an interesting thing that I've noticed is that like on LGBT issues, our culture has swung left super quickly to where, you know, it's, it's hateful to, to stand for traditional marriage. And, and it seems like a lot of our cultures is swinging left pretty quickly, you know, and even in, into socialism and that sort of thing. Now, abortion is is one of those issues that hasn't really been moving. And I, I'm kind of contradicting myself. But I, 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 I say it's not moving in that I w- over half of the country or around half of the country is still staunchly pro-life. And it Unfortunately, we see the those who are pro-choice going further left, but we we don't see the general population necessarily going further left on this issue. And so, I don't think the battle is lost yet. And I I think we have science on our side. I think we have logic on our side. And I think we can make a pro-choice argument, not even using the Bible, you just using pro-life. a pro-life. Yeah, not even using the Bible. Um, just using logic and our, our common sense of, of morality because, you know, pro-choice people do believe that humans have dignity and worth. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they, it's not like they don't stand for human life and, and human dignity with mm-hmm. the same amount of passion as, as pro-life people. Mm-hmm. I, I just, they sim- simply don't think a fetus is a, lo- a, a life, you know, or, or they don't mm-hmm. think it has the same rights. So... I think if we can use their logic and their argument and their passion for social justice and for equality and say, hey, look, abortion is an issue that you that if we use logic and science, we can make just as strong a case uh, for a pro-life position as, as for racial justice and, and all these other things yeah. that our generation is concerned yeah. with. Yeah, kind of kind of in that vein, you know, for the last, you know, however, 30 years Certainly in my lifetime, there, there has been a strong push against abortion by conservative Christians. Some people have done it very well, you know, in, in just like, you know, peacefully protesting, um, trying to convince people to, to turn away from abortion. But then there's also kind of this stereotype that Christians are standing out there shaming people, you know, um, into not having abortions. And in many ways, I think, you know, they, to a certain degree, they have a point. It's kind of like, you know, if, like, like you said, if, if a fetus is a baby, then it's murder. Like, there's no, there's mm-hmm. har- hardly any, any two ways about it. Like, mm-hmm. it, you can't, it's very, very hard to make. Now, I, I mean, I would say there is no argument. It, you know, if, if a fetus is a baby, then it's murder and it's wrong. Um, and, but, and, and I think we should just be upfront about that. And, you know, that's what, that's what we believe. I don't think we should apologize for it. But at the same time, remembering, like Asher was saying, that most of the women getting abortions are not doing it because they hate their baby or because they hate people. It's because they, they don't have any other options. Um, or I should say at least the women I know and have heard of, um, and, and so and so shaming them is not the answer, but but standing beside them, walking with them, helping helping provide for them, you know, taking care of them, you know, when and, and supporting their their child when they're single mothers or when they're working three jobs or whatever, you know, um, kind of 
been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I know, like, there there are, even, even with that, um, like, I don't know if you followed uh, Randy Elkhorn. I think, well, yeah, you, yeah you, we talked that. about it. Because um, I know he's done quite a bit of yeah. um, uh, peaceful mm-hmm. uh, civil disobedience and stuff. Um, and so I know there's a lot of people who would, I know there are people who would, do that in a respectful and and meaningful manner. And so like I do, I feel like I risk people putting me in the camp where I'm pro abortion. That's not at all what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, rather that I, I believe there's like, I think it, I think it's one of those instances. Like I'm always, intrigued personally like what are the areas of our faith where we kind of think we're doing well but in actuality when you like dissect it then we're wait a minute we're not actually living it out and i think this is one of those areas it's like we're all pro-life and we champion that but when you distill like what does pro-life mean we have so far to go like we've got so much more to go and what um titus spoke to i i completely agree with that um we do have science on our side we have Mm -hmm. tools Mm -hmm. being developed to see babies inside and you can see them with their hands and their their feet and even tell the genders at um, early dates and and uh and i mean i think i think we like i'm some of those other things mentioned i think history has yet to tell like the whole gender conversation and so forth i think there will be moments where science um kind of discovers god's way or god's explanation for it is probably actually miraculous. but that's a that's a lot different conversation <laughs> yeah you know one one narrative that i would i would kind of push back against um we, you know, we've been talking about how Christians need to do more um, to to address the issues that cause abortions to be a problem, abortion to be a problem to begin with. Um, I I wouldn't say that that conservative Christians have never have done nothing. You know, you know, there's there's this kind of this narrative that well, if you don't like abortions. Um, then you should do more f- for adoption or the foster care or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Christians personally, I don't know anybody other than Christians who are involved with the foster care. I know there are a lot out there and I know there's some really bad situations, um, even within Christians, but the, you know, I, I there's, there's incredible work happening, um, in, in, in certain areas of the country and within certain sectors of culture where foster care is being promoted and um, adoption is being promoted. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, and, and where, where Christians are trying to live out uh, a consistent ethic when it comes to, um, to abortions. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, if it would just be interesting for um, Benji Mass, actually um, speaking of him, did did a like a very very informal survey on his on his personal Twitter feed, um, where he asked his followers to to think and name of a family or close 
family friend who has fostered or adopted and our Christian, you know, right of center. And it would be interesting just to, just for our listeners to think through like how many people they know personally who have been involved in the foster yeah. system and, yeah. and have adopted. Um, yeah. And for the most part, I think those children have had good lives. Um, mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I completely agree with you. The church is, even there, there's a long ways yeah. we could go, but the church is picking up yeah. that mantle of, but that's still just kind of one aspect of the conversation right. um, because it's the Democrats that are all about welfare right. and yeah. Republicans are very anti-welfare, but then we're anti-abortion. Yeah. And welfare is the, the Democratic um, solution to, to the, the lifestyle challenges that people who are going to be having abortions face. And so what are, what are Christians, and even just think of the church, um, we as a church, how free are we to invite people into our homes for a meal, much less like on a regular basis? Um, how free are we to have our schedule or our summer vacation plans disrupted or whatever it might be i mean this is we're not just talking summer vacation but like life on an ongoing basis to help out the single mothers like if we really want to engage these moms um i mean there's even single dads there's other it's not just the moms that but there's a whole demographic of people who who need help that that um, foster care is part of it, but that doesn't entirely solve the issue. And, um, and yet the people who are very anti-abortion would also support um, laws that would hinder their ability to get aid or uh, support in certain areas. And yet it also seems like we're, I mean, we're, we're at a more individualistic period in history. This is millennials who are all about social justice, supposedly. I mean, I believe we are, but I think there's some inconsistencies to confront because we're very individualistic and we don't want ourselves disrupted a whole lot. But if we're actually going to care for social justice issues, we're going to have to give up some of our individualism and like, start sharing our homes and our lives and our resources and not just dumping money, but like babysitting and... Um, like even helping someone learn how to keep a grocery list and like how to, you know, like very budget, practical, yeah. fundamental budget. And, um, because these people you could teach me how to budget. <laughs> I mean, these, these people are tied up, like their finances are strapped because of all many different, I mean, yeah, I can go on and on. I don't know how long you want me to ramble, but, um, but that's what I'm ta- like that's what I'm talking about. It's not just like giving the child a place to live because you're you're absolutely right. And I like in this critique, I do believe like abortions are declining and adoptions are also I don't know this statistically, but I'm pretty sure they're increasing. Yeah. Like I think the church is getting better at adoption and fostering um, something my wife and I have are talking and praying about too. Um, 
But so it's not like, yeah, I, I agree. It's not like the church is just failing on this, but rather, I guess I'm trying to push us to consider the, the larger picture of what these people are facing. I think there, I think there's a lot of hypocrisy uh, in, in the pro-life political camp. And I, I've thought about this and tried to wrap my mind around my response to it. Because you, you mentioned Christians opposing welfare and welfare maybe being a way to fight the problems that create the need for abortion. However, I, I'm not really convinced that welfare is effective. I, I don't think that... Yeah, I would agree. It's, it, yeah. yeah, and, and even, even the uh, whether it's been proven historically effective, I, I don't think it has been. And, and just the idea of forcing people to give their wealth I, I think mm. coerced morality is is wrong across the board, which is why I reject socialism. I, I you know, and, and at the same time, though, it's so interesting to me to see Christians say that we need to use the Bible to inform our support of political leaders and and the ethics of the Bible because. And then they say, you know, the Bible says killing is wrong, therefore we should make abortion illegal. But the Bible also says give to the poor, so why should we not get the government to force people to give to the poor? We're, so, so they're essentially, they're, they want the government to enforce some biblical principles, such as don't get an abortion, but they do not want the government to enforce other biblical principles like like giving to the poor. Um, so... So it's, it's, it's inconsistent to, to say that charity should just be churches and individuals, but um, you know, the, the government needs to enforce other, other teachings of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's, there is inconsistency there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, and, and this comes back to sort of what Benji said in the last episode about how Christians don't want to make guns illegal because they don't think that's going to change anything, but they do want to make abortion illegal because they do think that's going to change something. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that's hypocritical, that's inconsistent, and that's a good critique of the right. However, I would, I would go so far as to say that Christians should not promote legislation that makes either of those things illegal. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, for, from my position, and I, I've actually, uh, to be consistent... I don't think that, you know, from my position of, of rejecting the use of, of violent force and rejecting the way the kingdoms of this world do it, I don't, I don't want to promote legislation that enables human beings to coerce their morality that women should not get abortions under the threat of violence. I, I think that's not the way to solve the problem. Um, so I, I would reject the pro-life political platform from that angle. At the same time, I think that encouraging abortions, saying that they're moral, that it's not a human, is mm-hmm. is completely evil yeah. and completely wrong. And we, we should try to fight abortion in the ways that you guys have been suggesting. I would even go so far as to say that, you know, if that is a human life, then it makes sense to picket abortion mm-hmm. clinics. And, and I know Christians get a bad rap for, for that, and I don't know what you guys think about that. Obviously, we don't want to shame them, but mm-hmm. if that's actually a human life, I, I have no problem picketing it and, and trying yeah. to take a stand sure. in that way. Well, this is, 
well, Sorry, were you no, going to say something? Gonna say, I, I think there's a difference between, you know, yeah. speaking truth and and with compassion, you know, crying out for people not to commit genocide. Um, mm. Yeah. And in and, and the way some, not all, but some have gone about it by, by shaming and calling, you know, women who get abortions mm. sluts and, you know, naming, yeah. n- you know, naming them and cursing them. Um, and, and even like, even, even call, calling them murderers um, makes me cringe a little bit um, because... You're saying the mothers, the mothers calling yeah, them mothers yeah, murderers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm specific, specifically thinking about the mothers, um, just because even if it may be true, I don't, I don't think it's helpful, um, in, in dissuade, you know, I think presenting the evidence, if, if a mother could be convinced that aborting her child is murder, murderous, you've solved the problem. Like, Calling her a murderer isn't going to convince her, but if you can convince her that, you know, yeah. do do a do an ultrasound like they just recently showed a live ultrasound in uh, Times Square, I think like stuff like that is great. Yeah. I love it. Um, can we address some of the pro-choice arguments yeah. just from a logical yeah. standpoint, and mm-hmm. and maybe talk about whether or not the Bible. Uh, teaches that life begins yeah. at conception, yeah. or how, yeah. how do we even get? Yeah, to that or conclusion? even even. Um, I, I would enjoy some discussion. You mentioned that welfare is not the answer. Like I completely agree that welfare is actually like <laughs> it's a trap. Yeah. It's tra- it, it traps people into. But what does Jesus have to offer? That is kind of a. Um, like, it, you know, welfare is kind of a, a government system. Whereas if the church was doing what Jesus had said we should do, um, people could be here for it. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I would, I would love to, let's look at some so, of those. Let's talk about that. I want to, I want to make a few corrections before we go on. Um, the Roe v. Wade happened in 1973. So the t- statistics I was citing started in 70. The CDC, the CDC started recording statistics and about abortion in 69 um and the the situation you referred to asher in pennsylvania with the abortion was kermit the kermit gosnell um situation i think i think that's what you're talking about in philadelphia um, oh yeah i think it was and also one more thing um I actually was looking up the according to an article that the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission by the SBC um, put out in 2016 said sh- um, showed some stats that um, show that adoption over the past decade this was in 2016 so over the past decade as of the writing of that article had been in decline. Um, Oh really? Okay. Which is kind of kind of interesting. Yeah. Good fact checking. Yeah, that is it's good, good fact, fact checking. <laughs> That's interesting because, like, growing up, I mean, this just shows how narrow one's perspective, one yeah. um, one's own story is. Growing up, like, I I rarely met people who adopted. Whereas I feel I have several, yeah. like Teresa and I have several peer yeah. couples who are adopting. Well, and, yeah, and and I'm curious. I feel like there maybe for a while adoption had a pretty bad rap. Like there was some, you know, I think people were realizing mm-hmm. how, mm-hmm. how people could do it just for the money. 
Um, and I wonder how much it would just be interesting to research how much that affected people's enthusiasm for it. Mm. But I feel like in the last, like, I'm curious how the next decade is going to play out. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like you're right. Like a lot of our peers or a lot of people who are parenting currently are yeah. more excited about it. It'd be interesting. One thing, uh, maybe I can look it up and we could drop this in show notes yeah. or something, but I remember reading an article once about like the drastic decline when mothers were shown an ultrasound before, like they were, okay, you can have a, you can have an abortion, but first see this. And like so many, I've, I'm not going to name a statistic cause I don't remember, but it was a huge decline. Like they opted out of it. And, that, and that's where, like, uh, what I was saying is, like, I, I really feel like if Christians can do that, like, like you said, Titus, science is on our side. Logic mm-hmm. is on our side. And when that can be displayed fairly, I think most people, even people who would consider an abortion, would would um, would see that. Um, Titus, you mentioned talking about some of the, some of the, arguments of the progressive side um in addressing that did, did you have any specifically in mind yeah so it, it's interesting based on on scientific research from my understanding the pro-choice movement has conceded for the most part that it is a life in the womb and that it is a human life in the womb they, there are some who still fight that battle, but a lot of them have conceded that. They simply say that because of certain factors, this life is not worth saving if the mother wants to dispose of it. And the, the common arguments are, in the case of rape, how could you put a woman through nine months of discomfort? And my, we just had a baby, so... Uh, it is certainly a lot of discomfort in those nine months. And then the torturous discomfort of, of delivering that baby and then seeing the the results of the most traumatic experience that you have ever faced whenever you look at your child. And, and that just seems unfair to put the woman through that. So there's arguments like that, like same with incest. You know, it, it's going to bring someone into the world who... Yeah. you know, might have physical problems because of intermarriage within a family. So those are, are two two that come up, rape and incest, especially rape. However, it's such a, a tiny percentage of abortions are because of mm-hmm. of sexual abuse, for example. And I don't I don't have the the number right in front of me, but I think it's like less than one percent. So what I generally say when I'm talking to a pro-choice person is, all right, sure, we let let's have that discussion after we talk about the 99% of abortions that are not a result of rape or incest. Uh, if I can convince them that the 99% that are not a result of rape are that that the, you should always protect the life in that case, then I, I feel like we've won a, a very significant battle. Um, and then they'll say, yeah, well, I think the woman should have her choice even in those cases in the 99%. And so I'm like, well, then you're not really using that argument in an honest way. And so I, I try to steer the conversation around the, the tiny percentage uh, that are a, a result of sexual mm-hmm. abuse to the, to the majority of them. And then though, th- there's arguments such as, you know, this... This fetus is 
completely dependent upon the mother and it's it's part of the mother's body and and you know it's it's not worth protecting because of that and and i would say you know my baby who's one month old right now is also completely dependent upon his mother and yes it, it is true that that we could um if you know we the, the baby could be raised by someone else you know through baby formula or, or whatever but but that seems like a, a very insignificant difference that just because uh the baby inside the womb is dependent on one certain individual and the baby outside the womb is could be raised by someone else that therefore that's a, enough of a difference to warrant killing the baby so that seems like a very strange argument to make and and then the the uh, and the kind of the final argument is you know this is within the woman's body it's it's within her womb and the simple response to that is geographic location of a human being does not diminish his or her worth like mm. just because it's mm. geographically located inside the mother's womb I, that that is a terrible argument to say that therefore it's it's not a, a human being so i mean they're they're these arguments in, in my opinion are so easily dismantled and it 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 you know it one, one way to to point out the the stupidity of, of a lot of these arguments is to to try to use other examples so if you say something like well this this baby would would be born into poverty and would live a horrible would have a horrible life you could what what about a 1 year old baby who is going to be in poverty and have a horrible life you you wouldn't advocate killing that 1 year old so i mean just just use parallel examples with people who are outside of the womb and and you'll m dismantle most of these arguments so i think that's the approach we should go um someone from my church one of the most biblically literate guys in my church recently told me that the the jewish position in the time of jesus was that babies or or it, 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 a human being um is worth protecting only at birth so it <laughs> that shocked me i haven't actually researched that so he could be wrong um so I'm, I'm not sure that going the biblical route is really going to get you to a pro-life position. A lot of the, the scriptures that are generally used to promote a pro-life position, I can dismantle and show, at least in my opinion, that, you know, they they don't really hold water. Like, before, before you were in the womb, I knew you. Well, before the foundations of the earth, God right. knew us, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you can, most of those verses, I think, are a stretch to say that, they provide a, a pro-life position. I would just start with all humans being in the image of God and all humans having value, which you can get to biblically, and then use science and logic to get the rest of the way. It's interesting. Yeah, that's that's really good, Titus. I was reading some reasons by gutmatcher.org has a PDF of a study done in I can't quite tell if it's the study was done from 1987 through 2004 or if they're comparing a study done in 1987 to a study done in 2004, but um, the data is as recent as 2004, which actually isn't that recent anymore. Over 1,900 women were surveyed, and the top two reasons for why they get an abortion was... The, the number one reason. What do you think the number one reason is? Um, would be. I can imagine. 
I can imagine it's going to be different than what I say. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked you. Pressure <laughs> from the boyfriend? Pressure from the boyfriend? Or the husband? Okay. Um, Pressure from others? Huh. Sure. What would you say, Christopher? It sounds like a school teacher. Yeah. He's saying, yeah, this, all right, class, yeah, what do you think? I kind of don't want to answer just because of <laughs> that. He's like, pressure? Very no, good. I, Very good. Go ahead, Chris. I'm asking because I'm just curious. Like, what, um, what you guys? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I could imagine some sort of social pressure or, or um, like not wanting the responsibility of it. I mean, to okay. put it kind of in a, in an ungenerous way. 74 what were you gonna say well, i was just gonna say my generous thought right away was like you know financial instability or something okay um so 74 percent of the women surveyed i'm trying to I, they must have been able to select like different reasons so i don't know that they had like this is my top reason this is my fifth reason mm. but like you select different because 74% of the women surveyed said having a baby would dramatically change my life. And 73% of the women said, I can't afford to have a baby now. Um, hmm. And so, I mean, that's, that's interesting. I was reading this when Titus was talking. Um, you weren't listening. <laughs> I was listening. Asher, we're supposed but, to be demonstrating how to listen to each other. How to, how to listen to each other. Mm. But, like, those are fairly easily answerable reasons. You know what I mean? Oh. And, and really, Jesus, I mean, this sounds so cliche, but Jesus is the answer to, to that first one. Like, right? It's very self-centered. What was the first one? Um, having a baby would dramatically change my life. Which is true of... 100% of women right. who have babies. Right. Oh, and it's true 100% of the men involved in their life. That, that, that also slaps in the face of these moms who have given their lives to raising their children, but have also, I mean, number one, it slaps in the face of the, va- the value of children, as if you're, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing now is more important than children. But it also slaps in the face the moms that have accomplished not only raising their children well, but have also done other things and have influenced their community and, and culture mm-hmm. through other ways, you know, and raise children. One of the coolest things I saw was I was at a conference once and Jesus Culture was playing and Kim Walker Smith was up there doing a sound check with, you know, all the loud music, super loud. And she was had a little baby strapped to her chest with uh, noise-canceling head muffs on. And I was like... This is yeah. so cool. A rock star worship leader up there holding her baby and about ready to, to sing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. cool. And it's like, it just goes to show how like these things could be, even the I can't afford it. Um, it could be so much. Like I think having abortion laws would be helpful. Kind of like the, the gun control laws. Like it, it would help. But they would be so quickly resolved if we get involved in people's lives and teach them how to mother, teach them, show them what it's like to mother, show them what it's like to provide for your family, or even, to care for yeah, your family. Yeah, or even to, even to be there to alleviate, the, you know, if, yeah. if she can't afford, if that's because, you know, she 
couldn't get a second job or whatever. Like the church should be there to to support her if she needs to work a second job, you know, to to babysit to to care whatever. Like like yeah. there are and and I guess that that's kind of you touch kind of on one of the things that frustrates me the most about progressive Christians in how they re- engage this topic is that it I'm just going to be blunt, so forgive me, but the answers they get to me abortion seems like a very lazy answer to provide mm. for somebody um that oh like the, you know economically it's not possible or, or um or or it's just going to change my life or whatever okay okay like that you know let's save the lives but then let's address the issues that they're going to face like let's let's put in the you know we're willing to put in the hard work to try to end terrorism to try to end um uh gun control to try to provide relief for refugees and and to provide assistance for refugees and we're you know the progressive left is doing a very you know is is putting a lot of energy into trying to help refugees trying to help people resettle in america or in the west or whatever and yet when it comes to abortion they just throw up their hands and are like okay well you know there's nothing i mean even even talk about climate change and and um plastic consumption and and all that stuff we're putting so much energy into that but then we throw up our hands when it comes to abortion um and say well you know there's just these insurmountable things that and, and I know I'm being a little bit unfair to, you know, I'm sure some of my progressive Christian friends are doing things that I don't know about, just like there's conservatives who are doing things that I don't know about. But when I when I see them engage the topic, abortion just seems like a yeah. lazy answer to the actual issues at hand. And and, I, and I'm, I'm willing to be challenged on that. Like, I'm willing, again, someone could can, can email us um, and, and articulate a response to that. And, and that's all I want. Like, I've asked that question on Facebook before, and I've never had somebody engage me with that. Um, I've never had someone take on and show me why it's not the lazy answer, why it's actually the correct answer. Do you have friends that are pro-abortion? Yeah, I, I have a handful. Not not near as many who are anti-abortion, but I have a handful. And, and they're very intelligent, articulate people. And so I, all I would really like is to hear them actually address the issue how much because they're putting a yeah. lot of effort and time into other issues into climate change into refugee problems into yeah. gay rights yeah. all those things are putting that energy and yet if they believe that abortion that that baby the fetuses are babies then they are looking at the worst genocide in the history of man yeah, yeah. in the history of mankind yeah. and they're doing nothing yeah. to solve yeah. it and yet we're putting all yeah. of this energy into all of these other problems um, yeah, that's a mic drop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how much of the abortion conversation is kind of like um, kind of like the gun rights thing? It, it there's it's so embedded into like a God given right to have this. Um, is also kind of embedded into the conversation of abortion, the women's right to choose, like women freedom, and it's almost like somehow we've got to separate the two. Yes, there's been a negative approach to women and how women are treated yeah, and stuff. For sure. And and that needs to be corrected. But then 
like this is the child's life. Like the the two have been kind of morphed together. And so I'm one, like some of the friends that I think of who would be supportive of abortion, that's some of their biggest arguments. I don't know that I, um, the ones that I'm thinking of, I don't know that they've ever had an abortion. Um, they're just supportive of it. And, and it's, it has more to do with like giving a woman a choice, like the woman to have a right. And, um, I wonder, yeah, like how do we get the conversation to separate? Like, yeah. Yes, women need need to have freedom that they've maybe not had before, but um, but like you can't just take the freedom of another baby. Yeah, I mean, okay. uh, kind of, kind of another part of this this conversation is just just our inability to face our consequences. You know, mm. we, we yeah. want no strings attached sex, yeah. and so you know, I, I think I think there's there are ways in conversations we can have about how to avoid getting pregnant if you want to have sex. You know, so obviously from a Christian ethic, we would say if you would follow a Christian ethic, you're not going to have a pregnancy outside of marriage. Um, and, yeah. and, and then if you want, if you want a pregnancy, if you have an unwanted pregnancy within a marriage, you know, I don't know, I don't know what happened, but but then it just comes down to, you know, we don't want to face the consequence of, you know, and, and there it's not sin. I'm so I'm not saying that. Yeah. Well, it, it, like, like yeah, like, like you have a very yeah. Go ahead. I think I made my point. I was gonna say you had a very real point, um, because we've kind of separated as an American culture or Western culture. I don't know where where it switched, but. The whole pursuit of pleasure and self-expression as opposed to, like, biblically speaking, you actually have a really hard time making... I mean, I think you can make a, a case for for God creating pleasures for us, pleasurable experiences for us, but when, as it d- deals directly with sex, that's a procreation activity. And it's like we are created to procreate ourselves. And, and yet we're like, sex has been totally turned into this self-expression, pleasurable thing and separated from procreation. And so I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Like we want to be able to have that experience, that self-expression and yet not face the consequence or, or just the, like the end result. Like that's that pleasurable experience leads to the pleasure of raising kids and raising kids is really hard it's a lot of hard work it actually here in america is not as financially strenuous as many people think um Mm -hmm. right now our family is sitting at one of the best positions when it comes to tax season than it could ever be we have three 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 boys yeah three little tax credits i think we Mm -hmm. I think that's the max for, um, not the max for us, but for the tax benefits. <laughs> keep him coming. Keep him coming. It's yeah, it's hard. It's a lot of hard work, but there's, I don't know that there's any more pleasurable experience next to sex than seeing like my boys begin to start doing mature things and like you know the hard work put into paying off, yeah, paying off. Like that's really pleasurable, you know. 
But it comes with a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is certainly a, a very complex issue, um, and it's really hard to to feel like we're giving either either approach justice. Um, because I think I think there would be a ton of value in both sides, kind of just sitting down and and talking it through. Because at the end of the day, um, people who are anti-abortion are not anti-women, and people who are pro-choice. I'm going to say <clears throat> my progressive Christian friends who would be pro-choice um, are not anti-life. Um, even if I would feel like some of their stances are, um, and so I, I think there would I think there would be value in both sides just kind of coming together and trying to create actual solutions to these issues and not just you know spouting our our individualistic or our religious rhetoric. Um, So yeah, I, I yeah I, I I don't yeah like like any of these. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stuttering. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was impressive. <laughs> Make a promo clip with just, just that. Just my stutters. I should go through good. all of the episodes and just put in my stutters. Um, just put in your stutters yeah. at the end of this episode. Just all the ums from all oh, of us. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um and ah uh, so many times. Bombarded yeah. too, don't oh, yeah. worry. He, he was fairly successful. Trump just yeah. repeats himself. That's how he gets away with not saying um. It's actually a, a good rhetoric or rhetorical to technique. Repeat to repeat Because he never says ums. And re- repetition is one of the most effective yeah. ways of communication. Like people think yeah. he's an idiot with the way he communicates, but he's actually very effective by using he's very effective. low level language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, low level language and repetition, mm-hmm. which just it drills yeah. his stuff in and he sounds yeah. stupid to like an educated person, but it's very effective. And he's across, very clear on across the globe. Everyone can mm-hmm. say what he wants. He wants to make yeah. America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that means. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but you can also like what has happened to America that it's not great. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. say that, not nah. tell me what has happened Honestly, to America. That's say. not great. Yeah, according to Trump, what has happened to America that is not good? He never really specifies it. No, the the establishment has torn down, has destroyed our fabric. Isn't that... I mean, in his campaign, that was pretty clear. Like, he kept... He really hit hard the establishment. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, he... The the thing that happened to America that's not great is that we are not as dominant and, and we're... Our jobs are being taken by immigrants and by illegal immigrants, to be fair to the right. Um, Where it becomes problematic is if making America the same way it was 100 years ago is certainly not good for a very large part of the population. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. The exactly. best time to be an African American in the United States yeah. is 2019. You know, it's, yeah, there's nothing yeah. great to go back yeah. to for them. No, you're exactly right. Make America great again. What, what part are we talking about? Before. Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Good points. Um, there are some questions. I, I posted a, a 
question on the Kingdom's Christian Fellowship and Support Group um, about terrorism, abortion, guns, because we were, um, I just asked them. So we actually have questions. Yeah, there are questions. But um, I don't know if we can answer them in this podcast. So um, the next episode is actually going to be the the Q&R Christian Christian response. The the question (laughs) and response. uh, Question (laughs) and response. Um, All your questions. So continue to send send them to us, um, thirdwaypodcast at gmail.com. If you have any about terrorism, about abortion, about guns, about the third way in general, about us personally, if you want. um, And we'll put all that together and respond to that in the next episode. Um, Other than that, do you guys have any closing remarks to make about abortion? Or anything that we've talked about in this episode. The way of life is always harder. Yeah, I, I think that's something we've found regarding terrorism, regarding guns, and regarding abortion. Is that like what it comes down to? Is, is following Jesus is actually the the hard thing to do. Um, we we put a lot of emphasis on protecting human life on this podcast. Yeah. That seems like it's kind of been the yeah. theme in this whole first season. And I think it's important to think about why yeah. that's so important. Yeah. Uh, we believe that God created human beings as his image. We mm. are, if you want to know what God looks like, look at a human. And the reason we want to honor our fellow humans is ultimately because we want to honor our creator who made them in his image. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. Well, thank you guys. Thank you, Asher and Titus for um, having this conversation. And thank you all thank you, Chris. listeners for uh, taking along with us and for um, sending in your feedback. Um, don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast and write a review if you feel so led and uh, we'll see you guys next week peace out cheers that uh reagan schrock is not was not introduced he unfortunately is not with us he had to um he had to he had to go (laughs) (laughs) reagan is bye-bye he had to go
<laughs> Why is that so funny? Have we been doing uh, this too we've long? We've been doing it. It's too long. I'm good. Tired, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh.